0: Amen. I think my phone got left up here. Awesome. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I can always count on Sharon for a nice, loud good morning. Appreciate it, Sharon. How's everybody? Good. Awesome. I am very thankful to be here. I say it every time, and it's because it's true. The the opportunity to get up and talk about God with the saints, with the body, with my family. It's such an honor, and I am so thankful that God has given me the opportunity to do this, that my pastor gives me the opportunity to do this on, you know, Bible studies or Sunday morning. I'm just very thankful. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for Jesus. And uh, I want to share a couple things this morning. Uh, Pastor Brian asked me to, same as last week, exhort, encourage, So I want to talk a little bit about being a disciple this morning. And I'm not going to get into some crazy in-depth teaching or anything like that. I just want to share with you guys what has been ministered to my heart the past probably week or so. Uh, It was about a week ago I had a meeting with Pastor Brian and I was sharing some things with him that God has been showing me. That I've seen this change. We talked about change Wednesday night. I've seen a change in my thoughts. I've seen peace and hope and trust for God, and I've seen these things begin to change the way that I think, and I was, you know, sharing some of these things with Pastor Brian, and he made a comment about walking as a true disciple, and it was just, it brought such a hope and encouragement to me, so I want to share some of the thoughts that I've had this week about being a disciple, some of the things that God has shown me, and I hope that it's encouraging to you as well, and honestly, I, what my hope is that it will stir up your thought to go think about some of these things that God has taught you, and and showed you about walking as a true disciple of Jesus Christ. So I do want to look at a couple things. I might go to some scriptures. Um, I'm going to pull up my Bible here just in case. Uh, but the first thing I, I was thinking about in thinking about being a true disciple is, you know, what did the one thing the, the disciples all had in common? Jesus called them. He called them to follow. You know, if, you, if I were to ask you to raise your hand and tell me what a disciple is, I think most of us would say, somebody who follows Jesus Christ, right? And I was thinking about how Jesus had called his disciples, and, and, you know, I know I had that same experience. There was a time where the word came to me, and I knew it was truth. I knew it was Jesus, and I knew that it was drawing me to follow. It wasn't necessarily those exact words, but I had that experience. The word of God came, and it was something different than anything else I had known about. You know, if you look at the disciples, they had, uh, they had an idea of what the Messiah was going to be. They had an idea of what it was going to look like when they found it. And it may not have actually been what they found when Jesus came and called them and said, follow me. I was raised in church. I was, you know, did all the, the Sunday school and all of those things. And when the true word of God came to me, it was different. And I knew it and, it, and my heart rejoiced. And I knew that that word was calling me to follow was calling me to come with it. This is for you. Come with me and learn of me. And as I began to think about this being called to follow, uh, I was thinking about John 17, because it goes even past Jesus calling those disciples. And if you look in John 17, uh, Jesus is praying to his father. He's having this conversation with the father about the disciples. And he um, he tells the Lord, I haven't lost any that you've given me. And you know what? We might as well go read that. We're not in a rush, right? And I would encourage you to read John 17 and think about it from this perception that I am a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Because I've read it a lot of times, but when I went back with that mindset of truly believing that this is about me, he's talking about his disciples here. So if you really read that from this mindset of I'm a disciple, it'll blow your mind. I'm telling you right now. So let me see if I can find that. If someone finds it before me, holler at me but he's talking about those that his father gave him. Let's see. Tim said verse 12. Yeah. 17 and 12, it says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. So I began to think about that. And so this walk as a disciple didn't just start when Jesus came and said, follow me. Those disciples belong to the Lord. He said, my father gave me these disciples. So this began way before I was Jen Gowett in this body or way before I had a conversation with my now husband, Tim Gowett, who spoke a word of truth to me that caused me to get online and start listening to Pastor Brian. God showed me I'm his and I've always been his. And if you look at this Those disciples belonged to the Lord. They belonged to the Father, and he gave them to Jesus Christ for a purpose. He gave them for a reason. It wasn't by chance that these disciples just happened to stumble across Jesus, or he's walking down the road, and he sees one, and he goes, hey, that guy kind of looks good. Let's invite him. They belonged to the Lord, and God the Father set it up. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, for these disciples to find them, to call them, to to get them to follow this word, this Jesus Christ. And he has done the same thing for all of us. If we're here hearing this word, it's because we're his. We belong to the Father, and we always have. We might have taken a different path. We might have gone our own way. We might have tried some other things, but we have always belonged to the Father. And he has sent his word. The Bible says Jesus is the word. He has sent his word with a purpose, to call us, to cause us to follow, to teach us, to show us. And I think that is so super awesome because it makes it more than just, I'm coming to church to hear about God, and then I'm going to go up and move on with my life. There was a plan from the beginning because we belong to him. So after he called them to follow, which God has called all of us to follow, or we wouldn't be here, right? We got other things we could do on a Sunday morning. But we're here because we love the Lord, because we belong to him. So after he calls his disciples to follow him, you can look through, I mean, there's so much in the the Gospels that talks about this walk of Jesus and his disciples. But like I said, Jesus came with a purpose. So everything that happened with him and the disciples was was with intent. None of it was an accident. The situations that these disciples would find themselves in, Peter being called out on the water so Jesus could show them, hey, look, you've got faith you know getting into i'm mean, going to use peter a lot because he was one that was so close to the lord um but coming across these situations peter coming to the lord and and taking him and rebuking him and and jesus saying man that's a thought of satan don't go there all of these things were not by accident it was because jesus the word of god was sent to raise these disciples up there was an end for the disciples in fact even early on jesus referred to him as the apostles they weren't yet wasn't that the plan of God? He called them because he knew that there was a purpose for these disciples and Jesus was sent to walk them through this whole journey, to raise up thoughts of Satan so he could discern it. Hey, that's not a good thought. Take my thought instead. To put them into situations where he would, where they could learn to trust him. Peter, come walk out here on the water. There's no way you can do it by yourself. You're going to have to trust me. I taught about believing one of the last times I taught a Bible study. He said, I'm glad that Lazarus died. I'm going to wait and set this situation up so I can teach you how to believe. So this walk as a disciple is not just some accidental thing. This word that's coming forth. Pastor Brian did such a good job a while back teaching us that uh, Jesus Christ is all these things. Remember when he put the, the big sun up on the board? He's the light. He's the lamb. He's the word. One of the things that God showed me, this was, I guess, two, two Fourth of Julys ago, because I was on my way to the fireworks stand, is that this word, this true word from heaven sent to us is the Christ, the son of the living God sent to save me, sent to save my world. So when these ministers get up and this word is spoken, that's Jesus Christ saying, follow me. That's Jesus Christ saying, let me show you what's going on in your world. Let me show you what's going on in your heart. Let me put you into a situation where maybe You don't have a thought of God for a while. Are you going to freak out or are you going to trust me? Let me put you into a situation where I'm going to call you to stand up and preach and you might feel a little funky, but you're going to trust me. I'm going to teach you these things. I'm going to put a word that you may not understand. Can you believe it anyways? Because if you walk with me, if you follow me, if you're a true disciple and you believe that I am here to take you by your hand and walk you through the whole journey and show you everything you need to know, to raise you up, to grow you up. If you believe in me and trust me, I will teach you how to do all these things. I'll teach you how to believe. Merle, you don't have to do that on your own. I'm going to teach you how to believe. Carrie, I'm going to put you in a situation where you have to trust me, because there's no way you can do it. There's no chance. You could try as hard as you want, and you will sink so far into that pit that there's no chance of you getting out. But then you'll know how to trust me, and I'll pull you out, and we'll keep walking. Isn't that awesome? It makes it so much more than just, oh, this might work out someday. If we are walking as a true disciple, we are allowing the word of God, every true word of God that comes from heaven out of the mouth of a minister to go into our heart the way Jesus Christ was sent into the world to lead us and to guide us, to put a a new mind in us, not a religious mind, not a mind that can do everything on its own, but a mind that is the mind of Christ. Dan taught us a little while back about how Jesus was constantly revealing his glory. Well, what do you think is happening when you're walking with the Lord? What happened with the disciples? As they walked, they, they were changed. They, Jesus manifested himself to them. He gave them his mindset, and as they walked, they became him. You could say they became like him if you like that better, but they became Jesus. They came to the point where Jesus said, okay, I have led you this whole way. Now I'm going to go, but I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be in you, and you are going to do everything that I have taught you to do. You're going to go into your world, and you're going to preach everything that I've preached. You're going to change your world. You're going to talk. You're going to preach. You're going to bring this truth the same way I have because I've raised you up. And I think sometimes we forget or we think about, you know, when I used to think about the disciples, I would picture, you know, the guy with the beard and the robe and the shoes with some guys that would hang out with him. But that's not what being a true disciple is. I can't follow that Jesus, that picture in my mind. But what I can follow is the word of God that comes, the word of God that comes and ministers to me and says, here's a word. Believe it. Walk by it. Follow it. Trust it. That thought you had before is not right. Take a new one. I say, okay. And Jesus has it. He's got us by the hand, and we're walking, and I'm learning, and I'm walking with Jesus, and every step I take is making me like him. It's putting his mind into mind until I am one. If you Again, in John 17 there, Jesus prayed, Father, this glory that you and I have, that you and I have had from the beginning, let them have it too. How you and I are one, Father, make them one too. So every step that we take as a true disciple of the, Je- of the word of Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus Christ, is making us one with Jesus, with the word, with the Father. So every step we take in this journey as a disciple, because it is a journey. They didn't start out one day saying, follow me, and then turned around and they were preaching the gospel. That's not how it went. They had to learn some things. They had to have some things manifest. Jesus had to show them, you don't even know which spirit you're of right now. You went off and you're trying to call down fire. That's that it, it's not even right, man. Slow down. Let me show you the right way. And on the flip side, didn't he show them? Hey, you've got faith. You've got faith, Peter. Walk by that. Stand on that. He revealed himself, and he revealed who he was to them and in them, and as they walked, they became that word, Jesus Christ. They became one with him and one with the Father. And as a true disciple, if we believe that we are, we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing with every word that comes forth from this pulpit, from our meetings, from the the scriptures. As long as it's true, as long as it's from heaven, as long as it's from the mouth of God, if we follow that Jesus Christ, we will take this same journey as every one of the disciples. And we can rest knowing, my father's got me. He's got me by the hand. He's not going to let me go. This isn't an accident. When Jesus called Peter out on the water, he wasn't unsure of what was going to happen. Well, maybe Peter's going under today. We'll see. He had it. It was part of his great plan for Peter to teach him so he would learn. And, yeah, there are times where God will show us a little bit of darkness, a little bit. Ooh, that's a little scary. But he's never going to let us go because he was sent. This word, Jesus Christ, was sent to his disciple, to his disciple, to save his disciple, to raise up an apostle of the Lord that can preach, that can bring the word of God to save my world. Man, that's awesome. I don't know if you guys get excited about that, but I am excited about it. So here's my word today. Walk as a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Believe that you are a true disciple. And don't put that as just something that was in the Bible 2,000 years ago. Don't put that as, oh, well, I'm not some guy following another guy. The word of Jesus Christ is sent from heaven into your world to lead you as a disciple. Let it do what it's sent to do. Let it change you. Let it teach you how to believe. Let it teach you how to trust. Let it teach you how to walk after the Spirit. Because isn't that another thing Jesus did? He was teaching his disciples how to follow. Follow me. I'm going to show you. And they'd go off on their own, and he'd say, no, 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 no. Come back. Follow me. Follow me while I'm here and you can see me. Follow me while I'm a man in the earth with you because there's going to come a time where I've taught you how to do all that. Now I'm going to be in you and you're still going to follow me. Only now you're going to follow me as the, as the Holy Ghost. Now you're going to follow me because I'm going to be in you and we're going to walk together. So let this word of God teach us how to walk. Let our pastors teach us how to be led by the Spirit. Because there will come a time, just like with those disciples, when we are filled with that Holy Ghost, when we're hearing from the Lord, when we're fellowshipping, where we're the ones being sent. Because that's the end of the journey of the true disciple. Amen? Awesome.
1: That was really good. I appreciate every time I hear Jen talk. Because um, there's a lot of unity her and I have identified early on in our walk with God, in our relationship with God, that her and I share like all of us, for that matter, but um, specifically, Jen and I share that. So you guys can see I had Allison right on the board, get to know him. And I'm going to share with you guys some of the things that I've been learning and encourage you in some of these things, um, and that is, Pastor Dan spoke this. Four words, he said, four words, get to know him. And that really struck me between my eyes because I heard that, and like a lot of the other words we hear, for example, believe, trust, these action words if you will it puts a action into your ability as who you are here Um, and so when evaluating this phrase get to know him I realize as I really started to think about it do I really know him do I know God I was on a run the other day and I um, and I've done this often I was thinking what about heaven how often do I think about heaven the place where I'm gonna supposedly and I hold the quotes up because that's what we're all here to do right is we're here to get back to our father. And in, in my heart, the only way to get back to my father is i got to get to know him. And that's the ability, right, our part. See, because we do have a part here. We don't have to agree. I think of Romans 6 a lot. It talks about you can agree with sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Joshua said, as for me and my house, Merle, we're going to serve the Lord. So there is a, our part, amen. But a part of getting to know him, and I love what Jen talked about because, again, there's unity, a lot of unity in what it is her and I speak about, talk about, think about. But she's talking about being a follower. You say that, and it almost sounds like a bad thing, right? You don't want to be a follower in this world. Maybe. <laughs> but a follower of Christ, a disciple. And I'm going to ask you guys, can we replace that word just for this sake of setting with a Christian? How many of you guys came in to the church today wanting to be a Christian? No, I, I, genuinely, who's a Christian in here? We're Christians, amen? And we know we've looked at this word multiple times, it's to be Christ-like, right? To be a disciple. Just as Jen said, they were becoming Jesus Christ. And something I've noticed about my walk with God, my heart, as I've examined it, is there's some things there, if I can say it that way, that have prevented me from being a Christian. You guys know what I'm talking about? The flesh. Sin. Amen? Not amen. (laughs) There's sin. We gotta agree that there's sin there, right? But let's not glory too much in that. Because a savior has come. (laughs) If you guys will, I want to go to 1 Peter 4 for a minute. Because being a Christian, there comes some, uh, if you want to say, responsibilities. When Jesus came to the earth, we see very, very distinctly, Walker, that he had a flesh he was in. In fact. And you guys, I, I'm going to quote a few things here. I encourage you to go back and look at them. We're also going to read some things. But he talks about being put into a sinful flesh, a sinful body. Jesus. What? Jesus' sin? No. He, he and his father were one. And that's what we're wanting to partake of. That's what our journey, we're wanting to do. That's why we're here, to get to know him. Amen? But like Jesus, or not like Jesus, this is where you got to examine your own heart. Are you doing as Jesus did, walking in the flesh but not warring after the flesh, or are you walking in the flesh, warring after the flesh? Right, and that's a part that's between you and God. Now, when Jesus came to Peter, came to John, came to Peter, James, all of them, I, I'm not gonna, I, I can't do all of them. <laughs> Walker could, that's why I, he's my best buddy. Um, when he came to them, did they know anything about Jesus? Did Jesus come to him and say before he said, Peter, come follow me? Did he say, Peter, what are you doing here? Why don't you know anything about me? You don't know who I am. You don't know my word. You don't know how to get back to God. What, what is wrong with you? Go and walk in condemnation, Peter. No. He knew Peter was in sin. He knew he was in the flesh. Let's say it that way if you need that. He knew he was in the flesh. He knew he knew nothing about God, nothing about heaven, nothing about him. But that was okay. Whew. There's the first part, right? Because the condemnation, I look at Julie, but who's the condemnations? The devils. The condemnation is the devils. The devil sinned from the beginning. Amen. We got caught up in a little bit of something with him, right? But let's go back to here to 1 Peter 4. Part of being a Christian. Ma'am. Did, did, Peter, did Jesus also know that Peter had been looking for him? That he was that Peter being, kn- a Did Jesus know that Peter was looking for a Messiah? I'm going to talk to my elder and get back to you with that, Merle. Help me remember that question, though. I will say this, though. Jesus knew everything <laughs> I'll say that I'll answer you that way Jesus and God knew everything but I'm but did Peter know so we'll, we'll follow up with Pastor Brian and get to know that one but first Peter four if you guys want to go to the end of this to the end of the chapter with me you guys know I love all of first Peter four it's one of my favorites let's go to 16 no 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 15 But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. OK? Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory. let him glorify God on his behalf. So as a Christian, don't be ashamed, right? Glorify God on his behalf. But now listen to this: for the time is come that judgment must begin in the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? So judgment has to come in order to know him. Now, I don't want to get too far off on this, but did the Pharisees say, hear me in my words, did they say they knew Jesus? Well, did they say they knew God? They said they did. So we're good then, right? Before you guys came to this church, you knew God, right? Then we're good. Why are we here? Right? Right? We know God, we have the Bible, we're good, right? We know we need the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit, the Holy Ghost to reveal to us our father, him, right? But I think that's funny because the Pharisees, the Bible is in me just like it's in you, the story of Christ. If Mike was here, I would look at him in that, right? He's in trouble. The story of Christ is in me just like it's in you, just like it's in all these. So, judgment has to come. The Word of God in 1 Peter 4 and 12. And how does this come? You think, well, how? Okay, we need judgment. What does that mean, though? 1 Peter 4 and 12. And it's all so simple. It's all so simple because when Jesus came to Peter, Jen, he didn't require Peter to lead the way. Although we think that sometimes. We get going a little bit, right? Okay, I got this, Jesus. Get behind me. I got this. I got. Well, don't we? Don't we do do that? It's so funny. We think we're going to take Jesus Christ, the Word of God... That he gave us, the understanding that he gave us, the healing that he gave us, and put him behind us, because now we got it. You gave me enough, now I got it. It's not like a person here, right? My mom raised me up, and then at some point, it's time to go. No, 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 no. Jesus is our head, if you will. We're looking at it as a body's perspective. We need him. Amen? Let's keep going here, though, because it gets real good. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, verse 18, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Hold on. Now, I thought Jesus, church, this whole thing we do here is supposed to all be good, right? We're not supposed to deal with any of the devil. We're not supposed to deal with any of this bad stuff. And we've had people in this church even say that. I want all the good, but not all the bad. Now, see, and what's funny and deceptive about that is in the mind of Christ, it's all good. You go read the end of Genesis 1. Tell me what it says. He saw that it was all good. But in the flesh, we don't see it that way, right? So, oh, my gosh, I have bad in my heart. No, that's not true. That's not God. Wrong, church. That's not for me. It says right here, and I can show you more witnesses, too. We will read them. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him and well-doings as to, un, as to a faithful creator. Now, I was going to talk, how does this happen? What do we do? So now what do we have to do? Because that's where it always comes back to, right? That's what our mind wants to do. So what do we have to do? And I'm going to answer you guys with this. For, uh, Hebrews 4 and 12, I quote this constantly because it is this powerful. Because this is the only way, Merle, that we're ever going to get to know him. The only way. Walker is going to read for us about the heart here in a second. How many of you guys know your heart? We'll just maybe read it real quick. <laughs> and you guys are all smart enough not to, not to raise your hand here, huh? I know my heart. I trust in my heart, and I have this beautiful wife here now. Praise God. <laughs> we say that. We say it, right? What are we saying when we trust in our heart? What is our heart? My heart's so good. I do so many good things. I volunteer. I pay my tithes. I do all this stuff. What is our heart, Walker? Please, buddy. And tell us where you're at. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Oh, well, we're just, we're, 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 we're doomed for our hearts deceitful it's wicked and who knows it great because if i now if i don't now the heart that i've trusted in my whole life merle now i don't even know it. now it's deceitful and i don't know <laughs> well i might as well just throw in the towel keep going That i the lord search the heart i try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings praise god again i go back to peter because jen started off with the example the lord knew jesus knew peter's heart he knew everything that was in Peter's heart. And I know for myself, and I'll just testify here for a second, judgment wasn't always this easy thing. But you, 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 you preached that it was a beautiful thing, Bryce. The Pharisees preached too, Merle. <laughs> the Pharisees thought they knew their heart. But Hebrews 4 and 12, see, this is where it gets really, really intimate with God. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Take this powerful, Could we quote it all the time. Powerful than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, and joins tomorrow and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. Praise God that we don't have to do it. That's why I say praise God. That's, that's a relief off my shoulders because any time I've ever judged my heart, Summer, any time I've ever judged my own heart, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Every time. Why? I have no mercy on myself. Zero mercy. My expectation, I heard Julie ask this question the other day, what do you expect of God, or something along those lines. The Lord had to show me this one time. Pastor Brian asked me, we were sitting in a setting, he said, what does the Lord expect of you? He asked me, what does he expect of me? And my works mentality at the time starts going. My wheels are spinning, my wheels are going, and I I might have rattled some things off, I might not have. And he had to look at me and tell me, he expects nothing of you. Well, then there goes the offended walls right there, because... Every bit of anything I've ever done in this life, Madison, has been through my own ability. What do you mean? Oh, you like to fit me. I've done all this, Lord. Who are you guys thinking of right now? They said, I've done all this. What do you mean? Sell all that those has, right? The rich young ruler. But going back, he said, the expectation is on himself, his word. And once the offense died down, I was able to look at that. Praise God. The expectation's on the word, not on myself. The expectation wasn't on Peter. All Peter had to do was follow. That's it. The expectation was on the word of God that God had sent to Jesus Christ to deliver Peter to him. Simple. Now, were there some things that had to take place? Jen listed a couple of them. Yeah. Peter was deceived. Peter left his first love. I was going to have Walker read that, but we don't have to. If you guys go look in Revelation 2, Jesus talking to the church of Ephesus. Talks about how we left our first love. Left our first love. I remember sitting down with Dan one time, and Dan told me, You have to let Brian, goes back to the expectations why I'm sharing this. You have to let Brian create the love of God in you. Now, the first thought I took was, Well, what do you mean? I've loved God my whole life. Pharisees have said that, huh? I love God my whole life. What do you mean? I say it, I love God. Right? I think my mom was talking about how we just use that word. Well, then if I asked you, right, if you just walked in this church, how do you love God, Bryce? Seriously, think about these things, because that's what I thought about when I saw this, when I heard this, get to know him. How would I love God? And then the condemnation comes, great, I can't. No, 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 that's not why I'm saying this here today. I'm saying this because we have Jesus Christ. He has come. Now, if you need to bring it all the way down to this level here, we have Bible study, we have church, where we can come and have this old perverted deceived Mindset that we've lived in And I I say it again not in condemnation because Jesus knows it's so funny whenever I've I have I've seen this thought rise up in me And I and I've 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 watched and it's 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 hilarious really Because a part of judgment is you have to have an honest heart When the Lord comes to you and says your intent's been wrong this entire time two things could happen I talked about this you can agree Or not agree. I mean, it's very simple and by not agreeing with Jesus Christ, there's, there, there's kind of one or the other. It's either Jesus or the de- devil, if you want to say it that way, Satan. I mean, there's, it's the way it kind of works. And what was I saying? <laughs> no. He knows. He knows. He knew the sin, the body that he had given Peter. He knew and knows Merle McHenry and the thoughts that you know. And for, for us to think these things. And so I say in honest heart, thank you. Because when the Word of God comes and pierces, and there's some things, and I've started to experience it, when it comes and reveals sin, you go, what? That was there? Have you experienced this, Jen? What? I had no... <laughs> and, and, and some of the first thoughts you have is I'm sorry, <laughs> right? Which is okay. And, and I'll say this about Judgment too. and I loved, loved Wednesday night. And I wish I wasn't sleeping next to two snoring kids, because I wanted to get off mute. But when judgment does come, and these things are revealed, because that's, well, that, that's all the Word of God does. We just read it in, in uh, Hebrews 4 and 12. I quoted it. It's going to divide. It's going to reveal. What's it going to reveal? Good and evil. We see that in Matthew 13. When the, they, the seed was sown, good seed was in the field, right? It sprung up, and then we immediately see a tear. Amen? But this is what Pastor Brian emphasized. When the Lord reveals that, don't get caught up in the terror and start playing with it and examining it, finding out, well, what, what was I doing there? Why was I doing that? If you're not led by God, how about you acknowledge the word of God that came and revealed it in the first place? Because I will tell you this, I'm going to end here pretty quickly. Anytime I've ever met with an elder and an elder has revealed to me some jacked up things working in my heart, if I can say it that way, that I didn't even know. Things that have led me and led me my whole life that I didn't even know. Not in a good way. The only time that I've ever dealt with condemnation in that is when I went off on my own. The Lord doesn't condemn. Jesus Christ doesn't condemn. In fact, what he does is he brings grace, mercy by the word of God that he gave you. You guys remember that. Pastor Brian spoke about repentance. He's never going to reveal something in our heart unless he gives us a way of an escape. Otherwise, I'd be so unmerciful. I said it with Peter. Peter, what are you doing here? You're in sin. Peace out, dude. I'm not messing with you. No. Follow me. Follow me. And you know what that flesh will do? I want you guys to picture this in your mind, right? Just picture. Have fun with me for a minute. Walking on the beach. Dylan lives by the beach. Lucky. She comes here and loses 25 pounds just from sweating. God. I had a reminder the other day. Dylan, I'll start your car for you because it needs 20 minutes to even get down to 90, you know? But picture walking on the beach with Jesus. And that flesh rise up. What do you want me to do, Jesus? What do I need to learn here? What do you want me to do? Can you, is it enough that Jesus Christ is with you? Walk with me. Be content. You guys remember when Pastor Brian asked us that? What would you say to Jesus? What would you do? Does Jesus need us to lead this thing? Because I promised you that if Jesus showed up in this building, where, we're, like I'm standing, he's got this. <laughs> he doesn't need our flesh to rise up and lead this thing. I have had an elder actually have to tell me, I'm not letting that devil that's in you right now lead this. And after, you know, he got me from it, but then afterwards, praise God, thank you. Because I didn't want it to lead me either. Jesus has got this. But we have to remember that there's, a, there's, there's some revealing in this. Not out of grudging, grudgingness, grudgingly, not grudgingly. Because in fact, if you guys read, and then it's I'll be good. But the God corrects the son that he loves. And we have a father that loves us. And knows, yeah, you left me. You love something else more than me. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to put you in this safe place. It might seem overwhelming to you at times. There is going to be thoughts. In fact, there are going to be thoughts. I'm going to raise up, and you're going to lose your breath over it at times, Walker. I got you. I got you. He told David, I'm before you. Let's, let's, let's end in Psalms 23, and I'll be done. Not going to find that in uh, the New Testament. Psalms 23. Now what's funny about this is I wasn't even planning on going here, but immediately what does David do? He acknowledges his leader. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake catch this part you guys Yea, though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death what here we go again with the bad what's what can't we just stay in the good no david says "Yea, though i walk in the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me so he's with them he's gone before him right here mom Thou anointest my cup with oil. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He had David through that, through the valley of the shadow of death. You're telling me I can walk through these things, and it not have any effect to me, hundred percent. Because he talks about a Christian. That's what we're here. That's what the world, most of the world, has done is identified themselves as a Christian. So if we're Christian, that means we're like Christ. That means if we're like Christ, that means we're going to be in the earth. There's going to be sin all around us, death all around us, Pharisees all around us. Praise God. Because we are his. Amen? Anybody have any questions? Otherwise, we're going to get out of here. (laughs) You guys remember each other this week? Remember these words. If you're going to remember anything out of this, remember this. Because this comes straight from our elder in Chicago. Get to know him. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, well, okay, I'm with you. How? Call someone that knows him. And and follow them. I had to learn that even in this life. L- young, if you want to call it very low, um, consciousness, is that the word I'm looking for? Find someone that knows him. And that person will lead you and its it's easy. And we've heard it said, it's easier than it is hard. And if you find yourself in a hard place, just know he is near. Amen? All right. God bless you guys. Remember, Bible say, Jen, tomorrow, Wednesday, Tim, Thursday, and you guys know it. God bless you.